So this morning, folks, um, is a bit different for us as a church. Um, in my time here, which is nine, nine years, actually, we have never done this before, where we have brought the leadership up onto the stage, um, and we're going to have a conversation with them this morning and ask them a few questions. And really, the purpose of this this morning, there was a few reasons for it. First thing was this. It's always good to share testimonies of God's faithfulness in our lives. When you tell about how God has, has worked in your life and what he has done for you over the seasons and the different seasons of your life, um, it's always good to do that. So we're going to give our leadership a chance to do that this morning. The leadership is made up of um, myself and Thomas and Stephen, that are the elders. And then the guys you'll see up here this morning, um, they are our deacons. So this is the session of our church, if you like, that will be on the stage, apart from me, because I'm always on the stage and you know enough about me already. The rest of the guys, some folks who have come into the church in the past couple of years wouldn't really know some of these guys, all the different roles that they play in the life and the body of the church. So it's good for you to see who they are, that we are here to serve you. That's what we're here. That's what leadership is all about. It's about serving and it's about helping. It's not sitting at the top of the pile. It's actually being at the very bottom. And any way in which we can help um, enrich your walk with Christ or um, introduce you to him, that's what we're here for. So the guys that you're going to see on stage this morning are going to share a bit of their, their life and a bit of their story and a bit of their journey with God. Beth and Fiona are going to ask them a few questions. They do know what the questions are, so don't be shouting any out, please. Don't be freaking them out. They do know what the questions are because we wanted to structure it in such a way that none of them started to waffle and you were here for all morning. So that's why we gave them the questions and give them a time limit as well because they're a few of them. So this morning is a bit of a, a snapshot into the, the lives of our leaders so that you know who they are, testimonies of God's faithfulness, and also that if there is any way in which they can be of service to you and help you and stand alongside you, then that's what we're here for. These guys have been nominated by you, the church, and they've been put there into leadership. So that's what we're here for, guys. So please do give them a massive, massive, encouraging, smiley face welcome as they make their way up to the platform. Come on, guys. <laughs> Girls. You can take your time there. It's all right. We're no rush. You can tell they're really enthusiastic about this, can't you? So excited. We'll need three on this one. There's room for another wee one over here. Good looking bunch, aren't they? Don't answer that, I'm only joking. Yeah. So I'm just going to pray for them. Okay, I'm going to pray as we start this this morning. God, we do thank you for your faithfulness, and we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for the privilege of, in this church, in Hope Church, that we have men of integrity, um, men of, uh, of spiritual standing, Lord, that we can look to as leaders, and we can, that can stand alongside us. And we thank you for the various roles that these men play within the life of this church, Lord, seen and unseen, the ways they go the extra mile to help um, make Hope Church what it is. So I pray this morning as they just share something of their lives, Lord, you would be with them, uh, you would encourage them, and you would enable them to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Beth and Fiona. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've just had a flashback. This reminds me, Fiona. Did I ever tell you the story about um, chasing an armed robber down Bow Street, Mal? No. And oh. you do usually tell stories. No, yeah. I haven't heard this one. Yeah. I was in Lisburn one day, and there was one of those secure vans. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next thing, I was waiting to get in. I think it was the Halifax. And the next thing it was, drop it, drop it, drop it. And I looked, and there was this guy wielding the knife at the security oh, guy. What did you so, say? And he took off with the, you know, the black box, and I run after him, me and my handbag. Oh, you know? And I, but you know what? It reminds me of this morning because then the police came and they said, "Ma'am, would you, you, would you and your handbag mind coming to the police station like that?" And I had to go to the police station, and there were all these mug shots and stuff, and I had to try and identify who the body was. 
It's a bit like that this morning. Mm, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, no. Which no. one was it? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I no. actually think we're meant to be serious oh, this yes, morning. Oh, yes, yes, so sorry, sorry. Um, okay. We should probably get started. Mm-hmm. Okay. We start off. Yes, yeah, so, no, there's no mug shots here this morning. All great guys. And that. So, yeah, um, Stephen, we're going to... St- uh, let me, first of all, say... Um, these guys don't know who's being asked question in what order, so they are a bit nervous this morning. So we're going to start off with Stephen. So Stephen, um, I suppose um, you've been around the church from the onset. And I don't know, I came 36 years ago and you were here then. Um, can you tell us about, about that walk? And I know over those years there's been good times and hard times and so on. But um, would you just like to share a wee bit about that journey with us? Hello there, everyone. And it is this Stephen you want to speak? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Two thank Stevens. you. Oh, we yeah. introduce yourself. You're Stephen Robinson. Stephen Robinson, yeah. And uh, I'm sort of the kind of the old guy on the on the lot here. But don't be mistaken about that because although I'm 60 years, 68 years old, it's uh, there's a sort of 28 year old body in here, so <laughs> I can take on any one of them. <laughs> However, uh, yes, it's a real privilege to be here this morning and also to give thanks to the Lord uh, for what he has done in my life and uh, to, uh, to give thanks to him that I have uh, been allowed to, over these years, uh, be faithful um, uh, through the journey. And that has been a journey where there has been... Uh, uh, what you'd say, ups and downs, and the high times and the low times, but God uh, has been there, and and uh, and I say, I'm faithful because He is faithful and He is so so good, and yes, Beth, you're talking about uh, me being there from the early days. Uh, the fellowship started here in 1981, 38 years ago. Uh, it was my dad who had the vision to uh, build um, a church on this location. And uh, so back in that time, he, along with Elam, they uh, uh, loaned us a, a new temporary hall, and that was where, where it started. Um, it's quite interesting, and it just came to me uh, as I was thinking about this morning. My dad was the same, then was the same age that's what I am now. He was 68 years old, and uh, he, would, he had already retired from the business. He had left home. He had, uh, was living in a little bungalow close by. So there is hope for us old guys that there's uh, something else for us to do. Yeah, that, that's great. You're never too old to serve the Lord. You know, there's no retirement in God works, yeah, there's not. Okay, so next we have Thomas. I've actually known Thomas probably a lot longer than most of you. I've known Thomas for about 18 years. So I probably know a few things that you don't know about Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, would it be right that you have a nickname? Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't say it, I will. So it's up to you. Yeah. When I was growing up, because uh, I played football, um, and the way I played football, the, I was given the nick- nickname Tank. <laughs> okay, so I think that sums it all up. Anybody got in the road was basically tanked out of the road. <laughs> okay. Much to my shame, unfortunately. Well, thanks for being honest. So you've worked for NIE for about 35 years and bivocationally as a pastor for about 15 years. So why didn't you choose just one path? Why have you done both? Yeah, when I was uh, looking at that question, there's a few uh, scriptures came to mind. I just want to read those scriptures out. Um, the first scripture is Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, we make, we make our, our own plans, but the Lord decides where we go. Mm-hmm. And Psalm 32, verse 8 says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you. Another scripture is Revelation 3, verse 7. It's part of the verse. It says, when he opens a door, no one can close it. And when he closes it, no one can open it. And I believe that we're created for purpose. And, uh, and I, the reason I've done both these roles, 
and not chosen just one of the pathways is because I believe that is God's plan and that's God's purpose for my life. And I'd be, God opened the door into NIE in 1985 and over these 33 years, 34 years, whatever it is, at no time has God closed that door. And over the past three or four years, I've tried to close the door through severance packages and even redundancy, but God has firmly says, no, that's where I want you to be. Uh, probably sometimes most of my frustration at times because I feel I want to do other things as I get older. But at this time, that's where he wants me to be. And then in 2005, he opened the door into pastoral ministry. And that door is still open, uh, not only within the life of this church, but also as, a, as God leads us about uh, and connects with other people as well. Thank you. You've actually been working in NIE since I was one then. <laughs> I've just told my age, but it just shows how old you really are, Ty. Um, do you want to do the next one? or um, You've had several jobs as well, haven't you? Hmm, I don't know about that. Yeah, did you used to this be a wasn't in the script. <laughs> did you used to be a teacher? Well, yes, I used to. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, the next person we're going to interview I know is a headmaster. Okay. And the only time that I've ever, ever been in a headmaster's office or had an interview with a headmaster was to do with detention okay. or being expelled. Okay, I'll do this so one. So maybe you should do okay. this one. Okay. <laughs> um, if we pass the mic over to Stephen, the other Stephen, Stephen Mulligan. Hello. Um, so you live in Antrim, which is not just round the corner like everybody else. Um, so it's quite far to come to church. So why do you not go to a church in Antrim? Why do you go to Hope Church? Fiona, I'm glad there's just you and me here and nobody else is listening because what I want to say is just really for us. You know my wife, don't you? Yes. Well, look. Kim has an awful lot to say for herself. <laughs> and if we lived any closer than Antrim, she'd never be able to get everything said that she needs to say. <laughs> and I would never be able to hear everything that Kim had to tell me. So that's the main reason we live as far away, so Kim gets the opportunity to say everything. That's really not fair, sure it's not. <laughs> but it's probably true. No, look. Uh, we we um, moved to, to we used to live our, we used to live closer to, to here and then we moved because of work reason, but the the, the reason we come to, uh, to to Hope Church and travel so far, we we both started to come to uh, like many people here, um, we we came to, to Hope Church at a time of change in our life and probably uh, like lots of you here you're you're not second generation Hope Church people you came at a time of change. And change was a time of challenge in my life when I started to come here. And as soon as I came through the door into Hope Church, I felt a warmth and a welcome and a connection and an acceptance. And it was just lovely. And a fellowship and a friendship. And that has been true for every single time that we have been here since. And we very much quickly felt a part of this church and felt that we belonged here and we've enjoyed some of the the greatest times in our lives uh, Kim and I were married here standing at the front and some of the the loveliest times in our lives and all of those many of you people uh, were with us then we've also journeyed through some of the most difficult times in our lives uh, with people in this church even over the last couple of years when, when my two parents died within just a matter of weeks of each other and people in this church stood shoulder to shoulder with us through those times. So this church is incredibly important to us. So the fact of traveling a little distance to get here is really very, very insignificant in it. But you know, we don't, uh, and it's probably true for all of us, we don't spend our life either on the mountaintop of the, the marriage experience and hopefully we don't spend it in the, in the valley of, of bereavement and difficulty. We spend most of our life in, the, in somewhere in the middle. And, you know, we do that as well. And we find this church to be absolutely amazing in terms of supporting us and helping us as we travel day by day. And one of the, the things, certainly for us, and though it may be different for different people, but one of the things for us which has been incredibly important has been the, the Saturday prayer breakfast. And very early on, and when I started coming here, I, I 
went to, to the prayer breakfast and, and met Doug uh, and others uh, who were there. And these people just started praying into my life, praying for things that most people won't know, praying for my daughters every, every day. And Doug prayed for them every single day of his life, praying for my, our, our work situation and the folks who, who come on Saturday morning, praying to details in Kim and, and my job situation, things that, that are so important and so real. And we feel just so massively supported in things that are real and are, are really significant. And we can also pray into others and into the, the needs of the fellowship. And those are, those are things which just enrich and support and help us. And so coming a, a distance to church is is a small uh, journey for all the blessings that it has been. And yes, there may be a time in the future where God says he wants us to make home somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But for now, uh, this is uh, for us and it's been a real blessing. Thank you. Now, you mentioned the passing of your parents um, and your dad. Um, he was an amazing man and he was really into sport and he took teaching sport in schools to another level. And he also played a pivotal role in church leadership for many years. And you're now following in his footsteps. So was this his influence? And if so, how, how did he influence you? Well, there's no doubt both my parents uh, really influenced me. But my dad uh, was, as you say, a, a teacher. He was a PE teacher. And as a child, you know, I, like, like all children, you grew up watching your parents. And I just observed him from a wee boy absolutely loving his job. I never once for the whole of his life ever heard him say anything negative about his job. Never once did he complain about anything. He just loved going to his work every day, loved everything about it. Even the things that actually you would think were unattractive, like getting up on a Saturday morning at six o'clock to go and walk the pitches on a nicey morning to make sure there was nothing frosty on it, to make sure the boys could play safely. He just loved it. And I just thought as a child, I want to do something like that that you really enjoy, that you want to do every day. And so uh, I decided I would go to train to be a PE teacher, and, and, and that's what I, I, I did as well. I felt that, that very much that that was what God wanted me to do. And when I finished Stranmillis, then I decided it, it was the right thing to do to be a, a primary school teacher. So I did change direction uh, to, to go that way. But right through my life as well, my dad was always involved. Mum and dad were always involved in in. In, in church activities and in, in Christian activities, mission activities. But I, I suppose when I reflect, the, the word leadership was rarely involved. You know, he was a Sunday school teacher. He was a uh, helped with youth clubs, missionary organizations, prayer meetings. He, he would have been involved with holy Bible clubs. Um, he would, would have done security at, at organizations. He would have done a, a thing called nightlight where they were out in the evenings giving tea and coffee out to people coming out of the pubs and clubs. Uh, he would have gone on mission trips, and even right up until he was he was 82, he coached uh, a senior league basketball team, uh, incredibly, and, and he still played, uh, and, and uh, you know he was involved in everything. He was an elder, etc., but he never actually would have used the word leader. For for my dad, the word was would always have been service. Mm -hmm. And you know it, it was I think the word leadership in a way is pretty much a 21st century word. And whereas for him, it was always, if there was a need and an opportunity to be involved and, and to serve, he would always have, have volunteered with that. I remember whenever, and I was quite young when I became a, a principal and I became principal of Dundrod Primary School. And I remember him saying to me, like, well done, son, you've, you've, and I was really excited and all that I'd got this job. And he said, now, well done, son, but just remember when the drains are blocked, it's your arm that should go down it to unblock it. <laughs> and, and that was his advice that, you know, because you're in that position, you're in a position to serve. And that was his attitude to, to, to life, to his job and to, to involvement in church, that you're in a privileged position and it's a position to, to serve. And 
that's certainly what, what I, I would want to see, that it is about, it is about service. It's not about oh, a, a position to oh, think that this is anything great for, for, for yourself. And we certainly, Kim and I certainly feel we, we are, we're in the joyful position at the moment of being involved in Kingdom Kids. Thank you so much for, for giving us the opportunity to do that and the, the privilege of sharing the, the, the good news of Jesus with your, your ch children. Thank you also to everybody for your willingness to be involved in service in this church in so many ways and for helping me out and all the, the rotas and things. This is a marvelous church for, for service. When we came, first of all, we, we just had the joy through, the, through Bible Week of building fences, building stages, setting out chairs in neat rows with armor in the tent, all of the things that you did. This is a fabulous church to be involved with service. And it's such a reflection of Christ's example, who is the servant king, yeah. who came to serve, who came to wash the feet of the disciples, who came not, not to serve, but to serve. And, and so, you know, my, my dad's example to me was certainly always one of service, not to draw attention to himself, but to, but, but to serve. And I, I did have a, a picture probably about three or four years ago, but, you know, as, as my dad came ill, um, one night, it was very clear to me. My dad was an athlete, and he played sport all his days. Right to uh, he was he was very ill at the end. And I had a picture one night of of uh, a relay race, and him handing a baton to me. And it was very clear, and it was very vivid. And that's the picture that I hold very strongly. That that that, that I have to take a baton and run the baton that he he handed on. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's really good, Stephen, um, just ensuring that as well and the whole servant thing because when we were putting this together, that's something that um, came very strongly to me and I'd shared it to think with Bill when we were talking about this and it was, you know, you guys are all guys in business or have professions, you know, but yet you are so willing to serve, you know, and that was the very heart of Jesus himself. You know, he was a king of kings and lord of lords, but it said, you know, he was willing to serve. I think Philippians 2 says he took on you know, the servant heart, you know, and became a servant. And really that's that's what the Christian walk is about, is just in serving. Um, Erwin, you're looking very nervous. I've had the privilege of knowing Erwin for over 40 years. Him and Shona have um, been great friends um, for over 40 years and have walked with me through um, some very dark times and hard times in my life. So um, I know quite a lot about you, Erwin, and I suppose like Stephen, you know, I know that whole background and the lovely um, heritage that you have, you know, and, and what your father and mother have built into your life. Would you like to share just a wee bit about your walk? And Yeah, um, well, I, I'm Erwin Cregan, and um, I have to say I'm married to Shona. We've been married for 37 years, and we've been here 36 years. Um, but in answering your question, Beth, yeah, my parents um, were originally from Lisburn and they moved down south and ended up living in Dublin. And I was, myself and, and my sister were both born in Dublin. And uh, we attended the Church of the Nazarene down there. And my dad was involved with a group of men in an organization called the Christian Character Crusade. And there was a man called Jimmy Hogan. He led that work. And they owned um, a couple of mission halls throughout the south of Ireland, mostly up in, well, there was one in Navan and Colin, and then in a place called Rathmaline. So from a very early age, I knew what it was to go to meetings all the time. And my dad, both my parents were, were godly people, but my dad in particular would have been a very godly man. And I know there's some folks here have known, knew my dad way back. Um, and from an early age, I remember, my earliest remembrance would be my mum getting my sister and I ready of a Friday evening and getting the bus. We lived on the outskirts of Dublin and getting the bus down into the city and waiting until my dad finished work. And then he used to pick us up and we would have traveled down into Wicklow to a house meeting. And my dad in particular, um, was a great man for doing children's meetings. He had a, um, an early type cine camera. In fact, he just went one frame at a time and then he told a story. And I remember him doing Pilgrim's Progress was a favorite of mine 
way back then. So that was my ar earliest remembrance of him and us going to these children's meetings. And then there was other Sunday schools he used to do of a Sunday up in um, Colin and in Navin. And in Navin in particular, um, that work went on for years. And then we, we moved up here. Um, Dad felt it was time to come back home again. We moved up here and I attended school here. But Dad continued to uh, speak around the country at different mission halls and whatnot. And as time went on then, um, he became part of the fellowship here. And uh, we've often heard of the church in Navan. Well, the church in Navan was the original Christian character, Crusade Hall. And um, I know that through uh, my dad and different other ones connected with the fellowship in Dublin, they contacted Eric McComb, and that's how Navan became an Elam church. So it was a, my dad was a very godly man, godly example, and um, just a great example to follow. Um, On now, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Ashley. Right, okay. <laughs> when I first said to Ashley that I was going to be doing the interview, and the fear on his face. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The fear. Big shock. <laughs> so you've had um, numerous businesses over the years, and your latest claim to fame was working on the Game of Thrones. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Not starring in it, should no, I say? No, no, no. <laughs> Coming to a screen near you. Um, so it's fair to say you've had good times and challenges probably throughout all of that. So what has God taught you and what have you learned? Um, <laughs> quite a number of things. Um, just to give you a wee bit of background about me. Um, you've probably seen me sort of coming up and down with offering plates, etc. Um, Ashley McLoon's my name, married to Gillian. Um, we have four grown-up children, um, a boy, Matthew, who's 26, um, and he works, I'm going to give you a wee bit of background just about me, okay, so he works in Carried of Concrete. We have another boy who's 25, Stephen, um, who is currently in Birmingham. Um, he has uh, a degree in uh, pharmacy, and he works in Birmingham Hospital as a locum. He's now also back at um, Birmingham University doing medicine. Um, so he's at year three. Uh, in fact, I was absolutely shocked when he told me he was going back to university again. But anyway, here we are. Um, and then I have twins. Um, and that is Gareth and Rebecca. Gareth. Are those twins or those twins? <laughs> well, I suppose I played a part. Um, no, Gillian did. Um, Anyway, so they're 22. Um, Gareth is, um, what's he doing? Um, he has a degree in history and theology, and he's also now back at university doing international business law. Um, and he's got a job now in Citibank starts in July. So that gives you a wee bit about him. Then we've got Rebecca, who is also 22, twin of Gareth. Um, and she has a degree in early childhood studies. Where are you, my dear? Oh, right. Hello. Um, and uh, she's working Crown Jesus um, Ministries, loves it. Um, really, really blessed there. Uh, about Jillian and I are really, really blessed for her as well. I mean, she's really found her niche um, in life and wants to serve the Lord. Um, so it's a real blessing. Um, so anyway, sorry, question. Right. Okay. Um, give a wee bit of background about me. Um, Probably all my working life, I have been in business, um, quite a number of different businesses. Um, originally, my life started um, where I uh, had a franchise from Shell UK Oil, uh, filling station with a convenience store. Um, and I was there for uh, about 16 years. Um, met Gillian. Uh, she doesn't remember this, but I certainly remember her. Um, we come from a Presbyterian background. Um, and we met at a um, youth coffee bar. She doesn't remember me, but I remember her because I said, hmm, very nice. Um, <laughs> but that was the early 80s, and then we got together. Keep me right, darling. Was it 84? 84, we started going out together. Then we got married in 1990. 
Um, so that happened. Then, obviously, family started to come along. Gillian was a nurse working in Ulster Hospital. Uh, family came along in 1992, where we were blessed with our first son, Matthew. Um, and Gillian gave up work uh, because it really, you know, we both decided really that it was right that the mum be at home and be at home and look after the children. Um, we then had um, another boy in 1993. Uh, obviously, which was certainly a big surprise and a shock, but anyway, really blessed. Um, and then in 1996, we had Gareth and Rebecca twins. Uh, again, big shock, certainly the fact of twins, but really, really blessed and love them dearly. Though uh, everything was going grand, and it's funny when you look back on your life how you see what, well, what you think is so many things mapped out for you. Um, and I suppose really me being at business um, probably is quite comfortable. We were situation Gillian could give up work, uh, and obviously I was the provider. Um, and then all of a sudden everything's going grand, and uh, then the whammy comes where um, Shell UK would come along to all the franchisees and say, sorry boys, we are pulling out of Northern Ireland, and um, when your term is up, your history. Uh, didn't put it that way, but that's really what they meant. Um, and I must admit, you know, certainly rocks your boat, uh, certainly rock mine. Um, you know, and obviously you're a situation, you're going through life um, serving the Lord. Um, we would have been in Hillsborough at the time, yes, we were. Um, and um, obviously being told this news and then sort of saying to yourself, right, well, what do I do now? Because when you've been involved in something for 16 years, you know it inside out, you know it back to front, you know, and, you know, like everything that we get involved in, uh, and I don't mean to be proud saying this, but we get good at what we do. All of a sudden then, that was coming to an end, um, and I really was starting to say to myself, my goodness, what do I do now? What, what, what can I apply myself to now? Um, I've done this for 16 years, and hey-ho, you know. And I suppose then all the sort of other things that start to go on are, um, I'm the provider. Um, I'm the husband. I'm the father. I'm the provider. Gillian's at home. There's no way she can go back to work. And what am I going to do with myself? Um, but it's only now, actually, Fiona, that when you live your life and then you look back, you then see God's plan. Um, at that time, I certainly didn't. Um, if anything, probably, uh, and I say this to my shame, I was very cross, very angry, probably with God, um, that, that he would let this happen to me, and really, um, quite honestly, just kind of devastated me. I really was bowled over. Um, but the timing was good, the timing was right, and it's only now looking back that I can see, because uh, four small kids... Um, the business came to an end in April uh, 1996, and our twins were born on the 29th of May 1996, and our hands were full. Um, and from that point of view, it, it was good timing that I was around um, because we had four small kids and they needed a lot of looking after. So that was that. Um, coming through that whole situation, and this is really what I've, I've, I've sort of learned. Um, I remember speaking to another Christian guy who actually said to me, and I was sort of sharing just my experience with him, and I said, um, you know, what had happened, and poor me, and whatever. Um, but he said to me, do you know something, Ashley? The most important thing here for you is God's sovereignty. And I thought, what do you mean? You know, what are you talking about God's sovereignty? Uh, but God is sovereign over everything in our lives, uh, our work situation, our marriages, our whatever. He is the one that is sovereign. And though we don't understand at the time what is going on, um, and we, we just can't fathom it, we can't just, you know, compute it, you've got to actually live your life to see the reason why. Um, and that's where, from my point of view, you know, all the sort of verses at the time that I was going through that kind of battle was trust in the Lord with all your heart, uh, lean not in your own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct their paths. And that's really, from my point of view, what I was looking was a direction. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Um, and, and all those sort of things, when you go through the difficult time, then, you know, that's where the Lord really comes in, touches, bless 
in saying that, Lord opened up other doors that I never ever would have expected. Um, and have been involved in different businesses. One um, was a property business, um, which uh, was um, very successful. Unfortunately, the credit crunch came and downturned the property market, and that changed everything again. Um, but the second time around, I was better equipped um, and really um, put the whole thing back in the Lord's hands to say, Lord, here I am again. Um, I'm certainly not going back to where I was, feeling really sort of low down, whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm leaving this to you. Um, and the Lord opened the door again. Um, That's great. Amen. Right. Isn't it wonderful that our God's a faithful God? And the steps of a good man are directed by the Lord, you know, and he directs us in all our ways. And that, Derek... Derek, I know you from your youth too. You've been around Hillsborough for a number of years now. And that, um, tell us a wee bit about your family. And I also, I know that you're in the, in the building trade. Well, you might want to expand a wee bit on that. He does great work. I can recommend him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I know also, yeah, I mean, I, I see you here sometimes in the church, even after you've done your day's work, coming and doing bits and pieces around the church as well. And that, um, so tell us a bit about your family, uh, about your life, and um, do you ever get tired doing those wee odd jobs around the church when everybody else is not here? Uh, first of all, for ones that don't know me, I am uh, Derek, Derek Todden. I live in Glenavy, and my wife is Yvonne. She's a brilliant singer, by the way. Yes. Um, you can book her. Um, <laughs> but, and I have two, two boys, one Philip, which is 13, and Matthew, which is seven. We... Matthew must say is a wee miracle baby, you know it, because there's a gap between them there, and he's just a wee miracle baby. But he's a wee rascal too, like, but <laughs> he, he knows that. And um, yes, I'm in the Belton trade. Um, I've been Belton now, I'd say, 20, 25 years or so. Um, and what he can't, what Beth was saying there, I come here after church, well, saying after church, sorry, at, at evening sometime and do fix wee bits and pieces, but. The reason why I do that, I'm not, I'm not much good at speaking through this thing here, this mic and things like that. I'm, I feel uncomfortable, but with my hands, no problem. I'd rather get stuck in there, mucked in the things, you know what, and um, just serve God in that way. So if I can't do anything like, like that, I'm willing to do it. Um, except for when you have an architect that puts lights Shining straight up a wall, and you come in and say that wall, do you know something that needs about tubs and tubs of um, polyfill on it to keep to, <laughs> it's like a mountains of morn. You can see really. the cracks, so to smooth it out so that it doesn't look bad. And leak, leaky roofs and things that got there, you think, right, I have that fixed. The next month, shower rain comes along and it's flooding in somewhere else. So, but I know we've got them things kind of ironed out. Um, but yes, um, I'd, I'd love to t say we testimony about my wee boys, you know what? Um, we fell up, I came home from work one, about three weeks ago, Thursday, and I had a wee accident at work, and I fell kind of a bit of a scaffolding, about, only about four feet high, but I twisted, this, I twisted my right foot away up, and even coming home in a van, I could hardly even push the brake down, you know what, to get the van stopped, but anyway, I got into the house, and sat on the settee and it was an absolutely agony and Yvonne says to me Derek you should go down to Lagan Valley you know what A&E and typical man no way I'm not going there sitting there for two or three hours maybe four hours at night no way so I says I says I'll just sit here and see what happens and I could hardly even get to the toilet and back again hobbling about and Yvonne says you better go I says I'm not going not going so anyway that night, about 10 o'clock, Philip was going to bed, and I says, I'll go up and tuck him in. And I, got, I was hobbling up the stairs and kind of lifting myself on the handrail, kind of way, and I hobbled over, and I, I sat down beside Philip in bed, and I, I says, Philip, do you know something? Um, would you pray for me? And just see, just pray for my foot animals. So anyway, Philip prayed for me, and was, we talked a wee while, and I said, right, night night, Philip. And I got up out of off, off the bed, and I stood up, and I says, Philip, Philip, I can stand on my foot. <laughs> that's not sore anymore. Amen. And absolutely, God God yeah. has worked like that. You know what? Yeah. And he, 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 yeah. he healed the foot there and then. 
So, so God's still in the healing business, and if you if you are sick or whatever, definitely keep on praying. You know, what? Yeah. I will encourage you, uh, and and see family. Let family pray for you. Sometimes it's hard for letting family to pray. You know what? Or even praying for your own family because they know you better than maybe anybody else does. But uh, God knows your heart, and He's willing to answer prayer. You know what? He's Amen. still in the healing business. Amen. Hello, thank you. Thank you. I can also recommend Derek. He knocked a wall down in our house, and the house is still standing, so <laughs> it's uh, it's all good. Um, Andrew, you're next. So, is it true to say, Andrew, you've basically been here since you were like born? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Since you were nothing. Born here. So yes, part of the furniture. So tell us a wee bit about you and your family, um, first of all. Okay, uh, I'm Andrew Robinson, uh, married to Rebecca, uh, 10 years now, and uh, we have three children, Annabelle, Jonah, and Judah, uh, so there's always plenty of action in our house. Uh, it's usually maybe me shouting or Rebecca shouting, but uh, plenty of action all the same. Uh, I am... Uh, son of Stephen here, so as as you said, I was born here, not literally born in the <laughs> church, but uh, I've grown up here all my life, so uh, I've seen the ups and downs as well, uh, and I've seen God's faithfulness here. Okay, so you've shared in the past a wee while ago about the opportunities you get in work to minister and witness to people, but we've also seen you do similar in church and maybe come to the front and share things, so Tell us what that's about and what you would say is happening in those times. Um, yeah, it's an interesting question, just sort of thinking about how to answer. Uh, I suppose very simply, uh, I would say I'm doing what I'm told. And uh, I've just come to learn over the years um, to listen and pay attention to the voice of God and to try and be obedient to it, uh, to his voice. Um, which isn't always easy, uh, and many times I don't, and I and, and trip up and fall or fail, but he's always there. His grace is always there to pick us up and keep us going. Um, just had written a few things down just to encourage you guys because it's something I'm passionate about is is hearing the voice of God and knowing his, his voice every day in our lives. And uh, I believe that every one of us um, who is born again can know the voice of God in your life every day. Um, it might not necessarily be prophecy uh, for others or for the church body, but it can be for direction uh, in your job, in your work, in your family. Um, he is there to give you his wisdom uh, to tell you the steps you need to take for the situations you're going through. And I would just really encourage you to learn to listen to his voice. Um, John 10, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So we all hear God's voice. And I would say most of you probably already hear his voice, but you're just not totally sure or convinced or believe that it's him. Um, maybe I'll get an opportunity to do a workshop someday to help you find out what that what his voice is like. Um, just a couple of other things just wanted to share. And um, it's about the plan that God has for our lives, but like what Thomas was saying there, and even Ashley was sort of alluding to it about how God directs our paths, and it's his plan. And um, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And just to encourage you, it's hard to walk in God's ways if you're not listening to him. It's hard to walk in the plans that he has for you if you're not paying attention to those plans. Um, you know, we've been bought with a price. Uh, we are not our own. We belong to Jesus. And so we must listen to him and we must walk in his ways. And I can tell you now, 
it's the best life you will ever live. Um, for anyone who says it's boring to be a Christian, come and speak to me afterwards because I tell you that is one thing. It is not boring to be walking in God's ways. If you're listening to him and spending time with God, it is the most amazing journey every day. Um, highs and lows, there's always the mundane stuff as well. But through it all, I can say that he is faithful and it is the best thing to walk in his ways. So just encourage you to do that. Amen. Great. Robin, last but not least. <laughs> yeah, you're the architect that Derek was talking about. Yeah. That's right. Well, not the specific one Derek was talking no, not, about, not now, but I am an architect. One. That's not so bad. <laughs> we can't blame you for the cracks and the leaky roof then around the church. <laughs> That's right. So, That's Robin, right. yeah, you've, you're involved in a lot of uh, things. I know there's things that you're really passionate about. Tell us a wee bit about yourself, your family, and those things that really you're passionate about for God. Yeah. Uh, well, my name's Robin McGee. Um, I'm married to Jane, who is on crest this morning, actually, with Beth, our middle child. Um, so we have three children. Uh, Jane and I have been married since 2000, coming 19 years this August. Um, we have three children. A um, bit of a story in itself behind all that, which I'm not going into in detail this morning, but um, Joe, who's with me this morning here, big tall lad down in the middle with the glasses on there, uh, he's, coming. <laughs> he's coming 15 next month. Uh, and, uh, you know, you talk about children, it's a real miracle there too. You know, Joe had a really rocky start in life. Uh, Jim was very, very ill um, around the time he was born, emergency cesarean and all that kind of stuff, and we can really testify to the faithfulness of God in that, being with us through all that as well. He's a miracle here this morning, as are all our children, and we're very thankful for. Uh, and then we've got Beth, who's 13, um, and Annie, our youngest, who's uh, 10 now. Um, so they're, they're, they're a real blessing to us, and, and uh, we're so thankful for them. So, so yeah, that's, that's the family. Um, I've been in Hope Church here just over six years, and uh, my background is mostly through Baptist churches. So I was brought up, my dad was a deacon in Newton Breda Baptist when I was born in Belfast, and um, we grew up through that. Um, with my dad's job, we ended up moving to England for a couple of years, and we went to a... a an evangelical church in Maidstone in Kent, where we live in the south of England. And um, I think that really opened our eyes to, you know, moving out of the denominational thing here in Northern Ireland to some degree. Um, it, was a very, it was called a free church, an evangelical church, but a, a church with a good heart. And then when we came back here, we sort of came back into our, our Baptist uh, churches again, very blessed. Um, um, but we, we, Jane and I, when we got married, we, we continued on that. We were involved in youth and so on in the church in Lisburn we were at, at the time. Um, but we started to come to Hope Church about six years ago. We just felt really strongly God drawing us on to something else. And that's where we've ended up, and we're really blessed by that and really thankful for it. So. Yeah, so um, you're involved with Open Doors, is it? That's right, yeah. yeah. That's right. Do you want to, and I know you're involved with the mission end of church here. So yes. Do you want to... Yes, Briefly, yes. That, two sentences, that, tell us about that. Yeah, um, I suppose that the, the question I was given was the, the area of, of work for the Lord that I'm most passionate about. I'm passionate about a lot of things um, when it comes to, to God and to, to serving Him. Um, but I suppose that whole aspect of missions and so on is something that, I wouldn't say it was something that, it was a very natural thing for me. I think it's something that God has really... Uh, placed in my heart and, and probably more recent years, probably more so from coming here actually. Um, and about three and a half to four years ago, um, uh, there was an opportunity arose. I've always had an interest in the work of the, per you know, what's happening with the persecuted church around the world is something I've always um, been interested in. I used to get the literature from Open Doors, used to read it, used to pray for my persecuted family. Um, but I was at Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention um, about four years ago in August, and there was a guy there speaking from Open Doors who is a Dutch guy, not the Dutch guy who started a Brother Andrew, but another Dutch guy, and he was speaking about his work across the Middle East and North Africa. It was a very, very dangerous region at that time, still and still is today, actually, but at that time was particularly, you know, sort of 2014 was particularly bad with the rise of Islamic State and so on there, and uh, he was sharing about the work he was involved in, and, and it just completely moved my heart. I was just, I remember I was there with actually, and my brother as well was with me, and I can remember that night just coming away feeling completely burdened um, about it, 
and I really felt led that I needed to do no more, more about it, and I, I didn't quite know how or what to do. But at that stage, Jeff and Rosalina had been probably coming to the church around the same time as us. Jeff was full-time with Open Doors at the time. He's now obviously in Zimbabwe uh, with SIM. Um, but I remember coming that following Sunday. That was like a Thursday night or something. I remember coming that following Sunday into church and really just seeking Jeff out and just saying to him, like, Jeff, I, I just really feel something here. I don't know what it is. Um, I want to do more in this. I don't know what it looks like. Um, that certainly didn't see myself as a speaker. Uh, just some way to volunteer and help. And... Um, and Jeff says, Robin, we've been really praying for people. Um, you're an answer to that prayer, I believe. And, uh, and really from there, I started to get involved in, in a very small way to begin with. I would go to meetings with Jeff and just see what he was doing. Then I would start to do a bit of speaking. He would give me a few things to do. And I've been doing it for about three and a half years, four years now. And it has just been such a blessing to my, to my heart and to my life. Our, our persecuted family, I think, I think it's just... Part of the mission thing as well, God has just really implanted in my heart in the last number of years is just a sense of the global nature of the church. You know that the church is the local church here, but the church is massive, and it's God's people in the world, wherever they are this morning, whether here, whether Zimbabwe, whether North Korea. You know, there are people meeting in, like Bill mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, literally in mucky toilets and in, in labor camps tortured, abused, and, and that's the church. And I think God has just given me a greater sense of that's what the church is. And that has informed my life and, and since then, really, you know, just... And then Open Doors, yes, I, I speak for Open Doors. Uh, I go around different churches and I have the joy of just sharing the stories of the persecuted church, which inspires my faith as well. And it's just lovely to see it inspiring other people. And, and again, it's just what Stephen talked about at the start. It's just about serving. It's not about you've been up there and people have been down there and you're lauding something over. It's really, it's just serving with a humble heart. And, and I think that's probably the hearts of all of us here. You know, we're, we're nothing, we're nobody, but for the grace of God. Um, but just to be able to serve God in whatever way we can. So the mission side of things in church is something that is really, I've got involved in more latterly, I suppose. And it's been a real blessing too. There's a group of people within this church who are just passionate about that as well. And it's just been lovely to be involved in that and to try and just... Um, just help to grow that in the church and develop it more and, and so on. So, yeah. So. Um, so just as we come to a close, I'm going to ask Stephen and Thomas a very quick question, and you're only allowed two sentences. Okay. So first of all, Thomas, can you tell us what are you most passionate, passionate about in church life? Two sentences. <laughs> Stop looking at your notes. <laughs> Okay, Bill, Bill Havel says the church is the hope of the world. I'm passionate about prayer. I'm passionate about church planting. I'm passionate about people discovering their giftings and being released into ministry. Great. And Stephen, um, for a church to continue and grow, what would you say is the most important thing? Um, bef before I say what I think is the most important thing, I should say that I totally love what God is doing in this place. Uh, this is a church that is Christ-centered. It's a church where we believe so strongly in the preaching of the word. We're blessed to have Pastor Bill with us. He is so capable of doing that. We're a church that moves in the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. We have uh, a worship community here who lead us amazingly in praise and in worship, and that's all part of what our foundation was. I don't know what size the worship community is. How many of you guys are in that team? Someone tell me. 25, there you go. 25 guys leading worship. They do it from time to time, but that's amazing. That's a church in its own. Uh, also, we have wonderful premises here that God has blessed us with. No doubt against it. God has been really good, so I love what he's doing here. But there's always something that we need to be remembering and these guys here know that I talk a lot about it from time to time it's found in Psalm 133 where it says how good and how pleasant it is where brethren dwell together in unity and that psalm goes on to talk about the oil that flows that's the oil of the Holy Spirit the presence of God the anointing of God uh, flowing down uh, amazing 
seeing things happening, seeing salvation, seeing healing, seeing restoration. Um, and then the last verse, which is really, really beautiful, which says, for there the Lord commands a blessing. So while we do that, God is commanding a blessing. It can't get any better than that. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys, for sharing this morning. Hopefully, yeah, give them a round of applause. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully you've got to know them a bit better. Just before you go, I, I just would just love to pray. Um, I'd love the body to pray with these guys because, as I said, and during the interviews, you know, these guys have all got day jobs, the businesses and stuff to run, and yet, you know, they're willing to come and serve here, you know, and, and serve the body and serve alongside Bill in leadership. And, and we honour you this morning for that. So we do as a body. And I just love if you're happy just to stand and reach out your hands to these guys this morning. Yeah, and just bless them. Father God, I just thank you this morning for this body of men. Lord, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their families this morning, Lord. And Father God, I thank you for the sacrifice that they give in serving you here in this body at Hope. And Father, I just ask, Lord, that as they would continue to walk in your ways, that you would bless them in their family lives, that you would bless them in their businesses, Lord. Father, you bless them in their careers. But Father God, I just pray that you would bless them in their spiritual lives. And Father God, that you would continue to give them godly wisdom and direction, Lord, just not only for their own lives, for this body and the days ahead. So Father God, we commit them to you this morning. We thank you for them and we pray a blessing upon their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, men. You, please continue to stand. That's us finished for this morning. Just to, to let you know, just as the guys take their seats, Fiona and Beth, thank you so much for conducting that interview very graciously. Um, questions, thank you. Thank you, guys. But this morning was, was more than just you getting to know the guys and hearing testimony. This morning is an example of the fact that we are all called to be a part of the body. You all have something to bring and to contribute in whatever way God has gifted and called you. You heard there are different guys and their, their different jobs and the different roles that they play and the fact that they serve on leadership here and, and serve this church here, but every single one of us all have something to contribute. So I would encourage you to find out what that thing is. Right across this church this morning in this building, you've crashed, you have people welcoming you as you come in, you have people on the car park, you have, you have a team of guys at the back on the media, you have Kingdom Kids, which is going on. Other Sunday mornings, you have Submerged Bible Class, you have a worship team, you have a, um, people who, who contribute and, and speak God's Word, you have people taking communion, you have people lifting the offering. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. But what is that about? Is it just to, to go through the motions? No, it's about you having the opportunity to give back to give, to serve God with your life in whatever way God has gifted you and enabled you to do that. So I would encourage you, hear these guys this morning and see them as examples of what it means to serve. And their hearts, I, I sit with them on leadership and I know their hearts are to serve. Nothing more than that, not to have a position, not to be held in some great regard or great esteem, but it's actually just to serve God in that way that God has given them the opportunity to do. So be thinking about that. Be thinking about where you could contribute to the body and be a part because it's a, it's a privilege and a blessing. It's not a burden. It's a joy to be able to help kids know God's word better, to be able to welcome people into the church with a smile when they're going through a rough time, to be able to share God's word, to be able to lead worship or play an instrument, to be able to look after babies in creche, to allow their mums to come in and sit in the service. Do you know, all those things are all ways in which we're so blessed to have so many people. And I would encourage you, if you're a part of this fellowship, then get involved in whatever way God has enabled you to do. Let me pray, and then that's us. God, we thank you, first of all, for your faithfulness and the lies that we've even seen this morning through challenging times and through times of, of great joy, but also times of real difficulty. Lord, you're faithful through it all, and you're sovereign through it all. We thank you that we can trust you because you know the end from the beginning. You're a good shepherd that walks alongside us, even through the valley of the most frightening times of our lives, even that valley of the shadow of death. Lord, you are there with us. Lord, and we thank you for that, that you're the good shepherd. Lord, we pray that as individuals who walk with you, we will learn, as Andrew says, to hear your voice more clearly, to follow your leading, follow your guiding, so that we can walk in a way that more honors and glorifies you. So help us with that, God. Help us rely on you. Help us take this 
um, this morning and the example of these guys and also see in our own lives what you're calling us to and help us respond to you, God, because you're worthy of it all. Whether that's in a ministry here within the church or whether it's in our, our just our daily lives, serving and honoring you by doing the everyday things. But Lord, in it all, may our hearts be to keep you at the center of it all and to live our lives fully for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say it. Amen. Amen.